Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Small Council Radio. Uh, this is a show where we talk about anything and everything, A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniature game. So tonight we are going to be discussing the Vision in the Flames uh, article that was released by CMON, I believe, was it yesterday um, or the day before? You know, oh, yeah, you're right. Quite a bit, you know, days kind of been blended together for me. Uh, so we're going to be going over that and kind of giving our take on it. Uh, I did listen to uh, Chase's uh, article from On the Table Gaming, who actually got to talk to Michael and Fabio, and it took down a lot of notes from there. If you guys haven't listened to that one already, definitely go check out Chase's uh, uh, podcast. Uh, it was definitely very uh, informative, and it was a really awesome listen. So definitely go check that out. Um, you know, want to give him props for all the awesome questions he was, he asked and um, all the just the content that we were able to get because the article itself gave a lot of nice tidbits and, you know, things for the future. But that uh, podcast definitely uh, – sheds a lot more light than the article will. Um, and if you haven't read the article, definitely go do that too. Uh, tonight with us, we do have uh, Chris and Justin, uh, my co-hosts, and then we have a special guest on tonight, Carl from West Coast Bannerman. Thank you so much for being on tonight. Oh, it is always a pleasure to hang out with you, Dave. Um, you know, plus, uh, it's such an exciting time, so I am uh, pumped to do anything and everything for for the game right now it's a it's a great time to to be on a show make some content so yeah let's rock it i agree yeah especially with everything going on you know you know the content is what you know like the only thing some people have at the moment uh you know if you're not able to get the your games in and whatnot you know content might be the only thing along with maybe uh painting your minis to kind of keep you hanging in the game so that's kind of how we do the show you know for for you guys out there listening. Um, but yeah, so first uh, I wanted to kind of go over the article uh, key points and kind of throw those out there for those that haven't uh, really um, read through it or maybe, you know, you kind of glanced over it. Uh, so some of the key points that they give is faction styles and roles and what, you know, makes the uh, faction cool. Um They've said that that's, you know, they're not really changing uh, whatever your uh, faction identity is, is staying the same. And if anything, more so is going to, uh, you know, the units are more so going to uh, represent that uh, every unit is supposedly going to uh, represent the faction a lot better. Um, in some way or another within their theme. Uh, you know, they talk about, uh, you know, that they're going to be doing a bunch of different articles uh, on combat math, uh, NCU's attachments and the focus of combat units, elements of control, uh, streamlining usage, uh, and refining game language. Um, one thing uh, out of all of this that I kind of took away is that uh, in the com combat math, it talks about how killy is too killy and combined with a bunch of the things that they've said on the podcast, I want to say they're actually going to be toning down 
the super killy things. And, you know, maybe this is wishful thinking, but I think uh, one-shotting things is going to be near impossible without, like, the stars aligning, which I absolutely love. Uh, no one likes when their unit, no matter how big or small it is, could be, you know, a raider unit or it could be, you know, uh, like warrior sons, either one. No one likes their entire unit just getting one-shotted uh, with no real way to avoid it. So I think that's kind of one thing that I've taken away from all of this and I'm super excited about, and I hope I'm, my prediction is right. Uh, but first uh, thing we're going to kind of talk about is um, this not being a 2.0. Uh, they made that pretty clear in Chase's uh, um, podcast that this is definitely not like a revamp of the whole game. It's just, uh, it's going to seem like a very big change, but that's because it's a bunch of small changes across uh, all the factions. Uh, and I'm super excited for something like that. Uh, you know, just kind of taking the time to tweak uh, whatever needs tweaking and leaving the game, you know, mostly as it is, uh, as it currently runs. Sounds awesome. Um, Carl, what do you think about uh, about that? Uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you are. I think it's the right approach, right? Small tweaks. Um, having them uh, pretty much declare that, I think in the article and in the podcast, they're looking at everything is uh, awesome, right? It's it's uh, going to be a big breath of fresh air. Um, you know, uh, I think he's also just like, he, he likes to dampen expectations, you know, the, the man the big man in the, in the boots. Um, so we, we might think, you know, when something like this hits the, hits the, uh, the social media, like, Oh man, like, look at all this stuff. It's going to be crazy different. And he just doesn't want us to feel that way. Um, which is, which is totally fine. So I like the, I like the dampening expectations. I like a lot of small changes. This is what you want for balance. Um, yeah. So not 2.0, that's fine with me. Um, when he, when he talks about streamlining game language, I think depending on the level of how far he goes into that and how, how that relates to uh, rulebook Aretta, it might still feel like a 2.0, but um, the way that you play the game, the way that the game is played, won't feel like a 2.0, right? But for someone like probably us who are like deep diving every paragraph of, you know, stuff, it might for us feel like a 2.0, but anyways, um, I think it's, it's awesome. I'm excited. What about you, Justin? Uh, how do you feel about, uh, you know, more of a, as to use their words, uh, more of a ripple effect of small changes rather than a flat out 2.0? Uh, well, there's a couple of things that I think are super important. It's, Definitely streamlining language is super important, but just overall like changes to a lot of things in the game is really necessary because of how dramatic, uh, like not dramatic, but new units and stuff with any game, as you add things in, things are going to start getting unbalanced. That's just how it works. And it's been a while since we got a change. So it makes sense that we get a rather large amount of stuff coming out or changes, I guess I should say. Um, I don't, I, I always think starting small and changing things is better than like changing them dramatically all at once. 
so if they are truly a bunch of small little changes to, to help things kind of get closer to what they need to be, that's the most appropriate way I can think of to do it. When you change a unit completely without anything else going on and it's, it's a huge change, then I think it causes problems and people don't know what to do and they get upset. <laughs> As we saw with yeah. lots of units. Cough, cough, stagger. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's later. <laughs> I know. Cool. I agree. Uh, I think I think Simon has done an amazing job at small tweaks here and there. The only time I think I've ever seen him kind of go a little too far in one direction was maybe Flayed Men, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to their current form, um, you know, because they were way too good when they first came out. Then they made them, in my opinion, even better uh, when they went from 10 points to 9, even though I guess in a way they got weaker, but that one point cheaper just overall made their strength higher. But then their current form, I think, was just slightly too much. Um, But other than that one example, I think every single change I've ever seen them make has been, you know, the appropriate just kind of small little tweak, you know, and I'd rather see, um, you know, I'd rather see of changes to the same unit over the course of however much time, uh, than I would like to see, you know, huge drastic ones, uh, happen, you know, because not only is it less of a shock when it happens, um, I think in the end it ends up turning out, you know, for the better. Yeah, uh, I don't know, Chris. man. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to say with with you saying cough, cough, stagnates, I like small changes. However, uh, like you said, Michael definitely downplays a lot of changes, I think. <laughs> so it's been a while since we saw changes. We've seen some really intense things in the meta that really dominate. Some things are dramatically stronger than others. Some are not great. So I think I think there's going to be bigger changes than is said, but I'm not necessarily upset about that either. <laughs> uh, Chris, how do you feel about it? I think that they've proven over the time that they're – they take a lot of thought into their changes and stuff, so I think that these are going to be good changes. And like you say, other than like that Flayed Men stuff, they've been pretty good, and they've been pretty good at balancing the system and the armies and you know all the mechanics and stuff. So I I'm hopeful and positive that it will be a good change. Yeah, I agree. And uh, to go on to the next, uh, topic, <laughs> well, streamlining. Not like, like, you know what I mean? Like I'm <laughs> hoping. Uh, streamlining words. I know. I think this is That's something huge. that, like, universally, everyone in the entire game can agree on. Uh, is something I'm very excited for, because. Uh, I mean, when I play this game, I play it enough that it usually doesn't bother me personally too much. And that's only because I've played it so much and I'm always in the game, I'm always online, I'm always up to date, that it doesn't affect me as much as the other, you know, I guess you can call them a normie, like a normal casual player, 
that only can get so many games in or, you know, isn't really, uh, has like a social media presence. And so I can't wait for this change simply for, you know, for other people um, to be able to kind of just come into this game and have streamlined, uh, you know, wording and make it just more simplified and, you know, that we don't have to kind of keep up with all the latest, uh, you know, rulings and FAQs and stuff because simply because of wording and not because, you know, of like a unit needing like changes. Um, let's, uh, let's start with you, Chris. Uh, how do you feel about that being more of a casual player? Me, I like, well, one of the things that really drew me to the game originally was I like rule sets that are simple, but the strategic element behind it is more in-depth. And I think with helping out with the clarification of wording helps the simplification of things and allows people to dive into those tactics better when you don't have to worry about like, oh, does this word mean this here or does it mean this over here? It just adds to a better play experience. Yeah, I I think uh, it'll definitely help a lot of newer players, you know, be able to not only get into the game and not be as confused about it, uh, but, you know, just even current players that are more on the casual side, you know, not having to worry about uh, a lot of the new wordings or updates or anything like that. It'll just be a lot more streamlined and, you know, easy to figure out. Uh, Carl, what do you think? Oh boy. Um <clears throat> man, I could uh we could have a podcast about this bullet point right here. <laughs> uh <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh I've been in the you know, I've been really uh like on the microscope for this game since it's been such a uh, exciting thing to have been created uh, uh for me anyways, just just everything about it. Uh I've been on the microscope for this since pre-Kickstarter. So uh, I've seen, you know, all different types of uh, wording questions, FAQs. This is going to be huge. Uh, I I hope it's huge. I hope when he says that changes are minimal, he's not talking about game language, right? Like, like I I wrote a, uh, uh, I don't know how many pages it was, like 35 or something like that, just, just informing people with like tables of what, which tactic cards have the same trigger because it was needed. <laughs> like, um, so get, letting them get into tactic cards, huge. Talking about refining game language, huge. Um, this is going to be a, a, a really, really beautiful thing for the game. Um, uh, I was going to say, uh, oh, what else? Game language. So, oh, the, uh, the keywords, the keyword system, right? Targeting vicious, all that stuff. You've already seen some leaks that they don't have these parentheses on the abilities anymore. So we might see like a second, uh, what is it? What's that called? Like a second um, rules reference card, you know, like the, uh, like the one that came in the starter with the charge maneuver. right? So I'm kind of predicting like a second one of those that says vicious sundering critical blow and what all these things are that you can have on the table is a little small. How they interact, maybe like on the back or something. Yeah. So that 
that will leave the unit cards less cluttered. Um, it'll feel more streamlined. Um, so that's nice. I hope I hope targeting gets a huge, huge look. You know, when uh, Jor NCU and Barristan NCU came out, it's like it was like okay, we they need some <laughs> they need some help with the with the targeting stuff here. Um, and what effect? What is what exactly is affecting right? Like when you have something affect you for the rest of the round, is that is that a one time? Does it, like does it just happen and then it's there all round, or is it constantly affecting you? Like these things just aren't really clear. Yeah. So absolutely, so especially kind of, as the game goes on too. I'm sure we're gonna get more and more. I don't want to say complicated stuff, but as they have to come up with new ideas, things are gonna come out that may confuse people even more if it's not really defined. Right, exactly. So, like, um, being able to take the, I guess, uh, level one, the floor one, level one structure, and just make those posts more solid, then they can go back and start stacking back onto story two, story three, as far as complicated stuff goes. Um, so it's it's going to be this is my most exciting part for me, for sure. Um, I don't know what else to say really with without going into like crazy detail of, of things like that, but it's super exciting for me. I can't wait. Um, yeah, it's, it's oh. definitely interesting that they're doing that because it's not a problem in our game group because normally we just talk things through and we don't really care that much who wins or loses outside of tournaments. Um, but I definitely have seen, I mean, we've all seen a million arguments, half of them about the same thing over interactions for stuff because of keywords and stuff like that. And I always find it funny every time, Winter is coming and counterplot come up. <laughs> I yeah. got a good chuckle out of that. Every couple of months it comes back. <laughs> yeah, and another point yeah. I think they made in the podcast on this bullet was something like Sikkim getting changed to Charging Volley, right? Just yep. just things like that that make sense. And it's I wonder I wanted to bring that up specifically because we saw the House Greyjoy combat unit spoilers this morning, um, and there was something called like a like a great warhammer or something like that. And it yeah, has this, with the iron makers. Yeah, and it has the same exact effect as Champions of the Stag. Champions of the Stag is the same rules. So I would expect no, I think wardens are slightly different. They don't have crit blow or something well, like that. Well, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. So yeah, so the, what the I mean is of that crit blow plus the weekend, yeah. Yeah, so that because it's identical, I would imagine Champions of the Faith their their attack name will change be changed to Great Warhammer or something like that. It kind of the same, you know. So just you, we'll see things like that. In my opinion, it was also interesting. On that note, it was also interesting that in that Grazer article, they have a ranged attack named um, Ironborn something. Um, I'm not trying to switch articles. Sorry, but it's a it's a Ironborn arrows. Ironborn Arrows. It's a very specific name for an attack, just like the champions, whatever the champions of the stack have. And so it's funny that they talk about, that they talk about like this streamlining game language, and then they have a unit uh, reveal that has a very specific name, and the, and the ability itself is something that you could totally see future ranged units having. So it's kind of like, all right, maybe that's one of the names that'll get one of the very few things that'll get updated from Greyjoy's, but um, so that's, it's just, it's just all interesting. Just, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Thumbs up. So we actually uh, have a caller uh, and 
he is calling us from Rhode Island. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. So, what's uh, what's kind of your thoughts uh, about some of the things that we're we've been talking about? So, I'm coming at it from more of a a newbie or normie. I think you just called us, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I, I think it's kind of. I, I would say like four points. One thing is something Mike Chanel said too. I'll leave that to the end, but definitely uh, reiterating what everybody said about like clarifying triggers, like literally you were just talking about arguments on the table. I think it was the first time playing like great John Umber and Stark list. And it was like, we had a massive fight over <laughs> lash out and something else. And Knew you were going to say lash out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it comes out a lot that it's not a big deal, but it's like, it's just, it's just things that a little bit of refinement and you know, it's going to be much better. You know, like I don't want to have to look at, 10 pages in a forum and an FAQ to figure that out, you know? Exactly. But, um, what do you keep Dave around for? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's, that's been the better answer is, like, the Facebook group, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, you know what else it is? is interesting is just I got into it kind of later, I would say, and, you know, I'm buying, you know, the, the Kickstarter, Uh, I don't know why. Uh, sorry for whatever reason. The thing just glitched and muted you. <laughs> but go ahead. Am, am, am I back? Yep, you're back. So I was going to say, you know, I purchased like someone else's used Kickstarter. And, you know, looking at all the uh, infantry cards, it's like so many of them were unusable. So, I, you know, you find yourself as a new gamer and and I'm having to go to War Council and kind of look at, his army and my army at the same time. And it's just really tedious. I'm actually looking forward to kind of having new updated cards that you can have on the table. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, not to say anything, not to like kind of put the war council in negative light because it is one of the most beautiful free apps. And the fact that they keep it up to date all the time is amazing, but you are definitely correct. Having so many cards that are changed and having to refer to the app for everything. Some people don't mind that because I know like with Warhammer, people get all of, you know, their codexes on like a tablet and, you know, they actually prefer that. But uh, me personally, uh, and I know there's other people out there, I'd rather just kind of have the physical thing in front of me uh, having to like mess with the tablet have always seemed clunky to me, uh, even though it really isn't clunky. It just feels that way. Uh, and yeah, it's just nice to have the cards and resources in physical form. If I could suggest something real quick to our caller, um, if you're unaware possibly, or any listener might be unaware on the war council itself, there is an option to convert to PDF and print. So you don't have to keep opening up your phone and then Ah. you can, you can share your army via code with your opponent open PDF print, and then you can have them on the table ready to reference quickly. Um, so that is an option right now. You can help make your games a little bit better right away before those faction packs come out. Not going to lie. I didn't know that. 
<laughs> yeah, the War Council app is like easily hands down. I love all the apps for all the games I play, but it is hands down the best one. It is very smooth and clean and has a lot of cool features. Yeah, but like, oh, like free, that, like that little fe- feature is kind of hidden. So uh, I've seen it over and over and over again where people are like, oh, you could do that? It's like, yeah, you can convert to PDF and print it up. So. No, that's great to know. The uh, the other thing, the, the other two things I wanted to bring up was, if you guys could explain combat math that he said, and also, I think Chanel at the Asian Expo, he said something along the lines of, some of the new changes will change the way this game is played. Hmm. I think that I, might have been response to Lightbringers, uh, Lightbringers concern or something like that. He was like, oh, don't worry about the Lightbringers. There's going to be, uh, you know, because people are like, they are way too strong. And he, so I, I think, think it's, might, uh, might be what you're talking about. I think um, after listening to uh, Chase's podcast with him, uh, I think this is just a guess, but if uh, Fav, Fabio was, uh, um, was uh, talking about how now that every unit is going to be um, useful, like a lot of the units that were kind of overlooked before are now going to kind of fit with the faction much better. Um, he was mentioning how, you know, you'd be more inclined to take one of units rather than multiples. And I think maybe that might be what uh, Michael is referring to. He might be referring to uh, how you approach list building and how you are going to have to think uh, on the table with uh, um, your just your general tactics. It's not going to be kind of copy-paste, because I'm, I'm not going to lie, I, I do that a lot with a lot of my best lists. There is a lot of copy-paste, and that's just because of redundancy. I find to be one of my best tools just at, uh, personally, um, whereas maybe the game might turn into something that you need a lot more synergy on uh, having multiple different types of units complement each other. But that's just a guess uh, based on um, between what he said uh, at that expo and then what I heard on the podcast. I think that you have a very good guess personally because of how often Michael in the past has uh, mentioned or uh, motivated toolkit lists, right? You want you want to be able to tackle things in front of you uh, on any given game. So, uh, and there, as we've seen this last COVID time, the the best lists that have popped out over these last few months have been very much cookie cutter um, uh, spamming, right? Just spamming, just like as many activations as possible, all the cheap, strongest stuff you can get. And that's, that, that's what win, wins games. So um, I'm excited for it. For sure. What about you, Jeff? Oh, sorry. I just muted my mic after it turns out it wasn't muted at all. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, having toolkit lists is awesome. I really hope that's the way it goes. Um, I've definitely recently been trying to use like all the different bolt units in a list, which just seems like really thematic and fun. Uh, plus, like in any, 
I don't know, army or whatever, when you talk about thematic lists and there's lots of players like that, you definitely want to see like a good variety of multiple things. You want your skirmishers, your core units in the front taking the hits. You want your cavalry and your range units supporting. Um, and you don't see that in a lot of lists. You definitely just see lists themed around an idea, right? So uh, high activation, high mobility, or whatever the case is, whatever is like currently doing really well, or you just see spams lists um because but so many war games fall into that and that's that's a very hard thing to avoid but if they take the effort and the time to try to avoid that i think that's really cool and i can definitely appreciate it and i'm sure it'll be really fun uh and then you were also asking about uh uh combat math um what in particular uh did you mean uh like about it like how it it's going to work or yeah i guess you know i guess i just i i kind of new to the whole term and and i guess you know i'm starting to look at it like the chances of how many hits i'm going to get i'm looking at it differently now as i've played more but like is that what he means or is it uh you yeah, know is there like I'm... is there any reference like a nerdy like nerdy combat math nobody will know this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it it comes down to uh they probably developed a formula uh in order to um and again this is all speculation and kind of my hope and guess about not being able to one shot units they probably came up with some sort of formula in order to tweak the strength because he does go on to say that uh for example these are examples this isn't a hard uh rule but it, Michael says that attack dice values of eight will be seven and to hits of three going to uh, four plus. I think, uh, I think the, that those examples are my biggest, like, I guess, evidence, uh, not proof, but evidence that um, they're trying to go away from these just super strong units that can charge into you with effects and then just delete your unit. Um, Especially, you know, when you can delete like some of the toughest units in the game, if you know, the roles just kind of go in your favor uh, just a little bit. And uh, I think combat math is just their way of factoring how much they can um, tweak stuff to make it more on more fair while not changing it too much. Cause uh, eight going down to seven. I mean, that's just one attack die. Uh, uh, I mean, it can be pretty big, but then again, it's not big. And I think that was pro- that's probably what they're shooting for. Something that will overall impact the game in such a way that um, that you won't see these units being one-shot while still effectively keeping them roughly, you know, up there in the same amount of dice. And then also units going from 3-plus to 4-plus I think is a smart thing. The... F- so many things in this game now hit on three up that four plus, even though average just seems bad. Like, <laughs> and that's just, I guess, conditioning between playing, uh, you know, uh, playing the game and having three plus be so readily available. So now these were examples and we don't know how many units are going to go to th- from three up to four up, how many units are going to have their eight, dice reduced to seven but uh 
overall, I'm actually pretty excited for it. Cause even though like my main list thrives on kind of either like a one shot or like a one, two punch with like my berserkers and some of the combat cards uh, or the tactics cards that I can get with Starks. Um, I'd much rather it not be a thing because it's, um, it's one of the most enjoyable things to have happen to you. So, um, I guess that's probably what my, my hunch is that the combat math is. How about you, Justin? Uh, do you maybe think it might be something else? I think that's mostly it. It could also just be referring to people making combos that are... Like, it all comes down to one-shotting, but maybe not them making an algorithm. Maybe it's just them trying to ensure that there's no logical way, even with, like, tactics dice and stuff. Or tactics dice. What the heck is that? <laughs> what game you play? Look at this special <laughs> dice I have. You heard it here first, folks. Right? <laughs> uh, you stack just, all your dice in a tower and you just, you know, randomly draw them. Smack them. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's basically, I think, what you said. And I'm not sure I can really elaborate on it anymore, except maybe they're not making some fancy algorithm for... A dice game. <laughs> I'd be surprised. <laughs> Maybe though. Uh, Who knows? I think there's still going to be ways to one shot things, but like you said earlier, it's if like everything perfect lines up, and like very few uh, units will have the ability to. I think, but the ones that do, I would hope, are ones that have a dramatic weakness as a result of it. Um, they're super easy to kill, or they do a ton of wounds to themselves, or some some craziness. I don't know. Or even even a lot of points you could you could see yeah, being expensive as a weakness. So, yeah. uh, Carl, did you have something you wanted to say? I I do. Um, I want to uh, reiterate and compliment the um, the idea of like how people feel about four plus to hit right now in the game, um, and that comes into great effect with list building and how units get left out of the picture. Um, and I think that this relates a lot as a whole to something that you could call risk management. So there are single die rolls, there are attack die rolls, defense die rolls, panic die rolls, um, and a lot of like competitive edge that uh, you can get is by managing those risks, making uh, yourself uh, allowed, you know, two dice when you charge, like uh, I think Danny or Unstoppable Advance or whatever gives you, you know, all these different st- the start cards, period, you know, give you charges all the time that you can succeed on. Um, uh, attack dice, three plus, you know, kind of feels that way. You're like, okay, when I go in with, with a charge and reroll, with a three plus, it's not that crazy at all to think that I'm going to get all my hits, right? And so when he talks about how Achilles to Achilles and, and things going to four plus and things lowering a dice a little bit, I, that all ties in together about regarding list building and deleting units in one shot. Like it's all tied together. Uh, you, you're going to be okay bringing units that don't just delete stuff with the three plus on eight dice because they have a role on the battlefield. So you're like, okay, yeah, I want this unit because it performs well in this situation and that situation might happen. So um, I don't just want all the efficient, most safe choices 
uh, in my list, you know, the ones that are guaranteed to hit a lot, the ones that are guaranteed to charge. Um, and, and that's okay because they perform their other roles really well. So uh, that's, I guess that's all I have to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, speaking Chris, of other roles, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but I'm going <laughs> to. Speaking <laughs> of other roles, you know what I'd like to see in the game? A healing unit. Like a unit that's dedicated to running around healing people. That'd be cool. <laughs> Oh, it could be a neutral unit. It could be those unit. sisters, those sisters that I can't remember the name. Have you ever seen the Boardman Gaming? Is it Shane's site, Boardman Gaming, where he has this custom scenarios? Huh? Uh, Boardman Gaming. Is that uh, on YouTube? Um, it's a website. I know uh, Chase did a uh, podcast with him about a month ago. Um. Oh, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He he creates some units for some of the scenarios, and he has a really interesting unit, unit called the Stewards of Castle Black that are essentially like weaker conscripts that really almost act as a unit that entirely does regroup and re- reform like the Free Folk. That sounds awesome. That's cool. I want to see that because then, because right now you have like what a couple battlefield roles, right? You have hold objectives, you have flanking guys, and like like center units, and then you have your range units. But support units are totally a thing, and we don't have those yet. And I want to see that. Damn it! Yeah, yeah. yeah. The only support we, we kind of really, saw or, that. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say I think the only support units, or there's not really any support, like units like with abilities unless you're talking about like ranged or whatnot but i think it's more so the attachments but even then it's i don't know they're usually more so supporting their own unit um with the exception of maybe like mark target what were you going to say oh it's like you're exactly right like it's aggression you know like uh we saw like a little taste of it so it's good it's a good sign in the greater article with the with the bowmen uh, yeah, putting village tokens on friendly units. Yeah, that's really cool. And that's what I was going to say is it doesn't even have to be like healing because I think that's going to be a Greyjoy theme, right? So you don't want to have – he even talks about it in this article. You don't want to have too much overlap in themes and how factions feel. But there's so many like put, put condition token down, push condition, push condition, put condition token down, uh, extra wound, you know, this and that. And it's like how about like – taking a condition token off <laughs> like you know like where's the support baby like you're aggressive 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 and it's like you know yeah so i i agree that'd be cool Let's see for sure that's why as a stark player my absolute number one favorite ncu even when you count all the neutrals is catlin and not even for her ability to make you swing at highest value it's for that token heal um i can't tell you how many times that ability in itself has saved my butt um especially when you know there's not a ton in this game that heals tokens um i mean most of the time it's coming from like a specific commander card or something uh rather than like an ncu or just naturally in the faction i mean you can we can get wild and crazy and say like something that probably would never happen but like I talked about that new uh, that new uh, tarot size card of a shorthand of the rules of the of the keywords, um, you know, mm-hmm. they, since if they did do that, they'd have a little space probably. 
So they could get crazy with it. And instead of just, just being conditioned tokens, there could be something like, you know, buff tokens where it's like, cause you see pillage, right? You see uh, faith. Um, so, you know, what if there's a token that, that you put on your unit and it gives you plus one defense save until it's used or something like that. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, just... po- yeah. Positive condition tokens. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, idea. so we, we don't have it. And it, it makes the game very aggro based. Like I'm going to put down conditions, kill you. And it's like, well, what if I want to play a little defense here? You know? So. Yeah. It could even be like the opposite of each uh, token. So like uh plus one defense, yeah. um, and maybe rerolls of defense. I don't know, but I think probably plus one defense would be better, uh, and maybe like plus one to hit for the weekend, um, and then I don't know, uh, add an extra die and discard the lowest for the panic, uh, like the positive. Yeah, like, and if somebody puts a, tries to put a condition token of the opposite, they just cancel each other out. Like that'd be cool. Like like token prevention, um, you know, stuff like that. So. Yep. Um, Chris, uh, what do you think about like all the combat math and whatnot? Well, I'm not very good at math, and I just do things. <laughs> it's gonna be funny. <laughs> and as far as what y'all are just saying, the the best defense is a good offense. Hey yo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm still gonna do my charging at needing a six. And are you sure you're a Bears I'll... fan? <laughs> <laughs> I bleed orange and blue, baby. I mean, it's a sad time right now, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's me too, Chris. I, I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind charging and needing a a five up or a six up. Like, let's let's go for it. Let's go. But the best part about it is, I uncannily do it rather regularly, which is silly. <laughs> you kidding me, Chris? Uh, Chris will have like you know, the ability to get closer, but he'll position his guys right where he needs a six just so he can attempt it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I can move up closer and charge you next turn because I have first activation, but I'm going to move right up to 11 inches away and charge. <laughs> it's true, and I usually do it to Justin, too. <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, Chris and Justin play where that every time Chris uh, rolls a six on a charge, he gets a, a VP. <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> it's about my only VPs, but yeah, I get one. <laughs> well, at least uh, you get so. Uh, <laughs> so uh, to our caller, uh, did you uh, have any other questions uh, before we moved on? No, that was awesome. Thanks for letting me on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for uh, calling in. Yeah, thanks for calling. Cool. So where where are we All again? Right. <laughs> uh, so I'm, there's a couple on my list of uh, points to hit that are kind of – they're not really t- things that we need to discuss, but I wanted to at least mention them for those that have not uh, read the article or went to – and watched uh, or listened to Chase's podcast. Again, if you haven't, definitely go do that. Um, I don't want to be like a replacement for going and listening to his podcast because it was definitely very, very informative. And even after covering a lot of the key points, I'm sure there's still going to be a lot of awesome content uh, in his podcast that uh, is worth going and listening to. That and it's it's not that long. I think it's like 25 something like that. Anyways. Um, 
So they said uh, in there that uh, Greyjoys will be released before uh, all the card packs, um, that uh, the Greyjoys won't be updated with the card packs because they just simply won't have enough to, it won't really be worth it. Uh, So I don't know if that means that once they get enough things to come out and they've had time to evaluate that the Greyjoys might get their own card pack eventually. Uh, This is just a guess. Um, uh, They didn't really speculate on any of that, but that's just kind of what I'm reading in between the lines. Um, They said that's interesting. Sorry. What was that? I said, Oh, that's really interesting. I, 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 I took in when I read and, and listened a different kind of interpretation, I guess. Um, but, you know, I, I was probably painting while also helping kids with homework. So um, uh, I thought it was more of like the Greyjoy entire release was going to be like a like a, a preview of, of the faction packs that will be released. Like they don't need it because like, they're, already, they're already up to date. I thought that's what I heard. I, I could be wrong. No, yeah, they uh um what should I call it? Uh uh they were, they had mentioned a line in there where um that they just there wasn't enough for them to get it. That and I went you know uh that and the Greyjoy uh starters I'm sure have been done for a long time <clears throat> done for a long time. So I know uh I believe Craig, uh, our co host, has a Greyjoy starter that he won as a prize uh, at the last uh, indie event. Um, so I, they've been done. They've been done Wait, for a while. Wait, are you talking physically in hand? Uh, yes. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, they had it uh, shipped shipped to him. Um, I believe. Uh, I will have to ask him again. Maybe he hasn't received it yet. But from what my understanding was. Uh, at that event, uh, they had mentioned how they'd be sending them out soon. Um, <clears throat> so, um, well, that's cool. But yeah, I'm pretty sure they're all. I wouldn't say all. Maybe like just like a print run uh, done. Maybe they just haven't had uh, the time to, you know, ship them uh, or sorry, like release mass release the Greyjoys. Right. Um, right. And maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe they just said that they were going to send them and they hadn't even made them yet, but they already knew they were going to allocate one. So, but, Well, they're uh, doing the quarterly drop system with the whole shebang. So it's totally fine. I'm not like, you know, talking down on, on him having a starter set or anything like that. I think it's awesome. <laughs> um, they, but they have a lot to do and put together and make it nice with these, uh, with how they're dropping factions now. So it's all good. Yeah. Um, I was just more interested into the topic at hand. Like uh, if, if it was that long ago, then yeah, that makes sense. It must be, they must just have like normal, they'll, they'll get dropped with, with an FAQ, right? Like they'll have like anything that didn't quite make it in time rewarded. will 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 just be in a normal like FAQ or errata page. So. Yeah, definitely. And, or they could always just update the cards like on the war council app or whatnot. Um, but uh yeah, either way, I mean, I it would be cool if they all came uh, already, like, as intended. Uh, and I could definitely be wrong with what I was interpreting. Uh, they say that uh, card packs will be released quarter two. Um, so I don't know, what does that make it, like, March or something? April? <laughs> April, May, June, yeah. April, yeah. 
so April um, at the earliest. So that would be really cool if we could have it by April. Um, mm -hmm. And then they mention, uh, let's see, the Greyjoys will be before the update. Um, I'm guessing quarter one then, uh, or maybe they plan to do like a late quarter two with the card packs and early quarter two with Greyjoys. Um, again, oh, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure Greyjoys were quarter one announced for sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and then the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on that didn't need a whole lot of, uh, um, discussion was, um, they are saying that only, uh, about 20% of what's currently out is changing. Uh, so about 80% staying the same. Um, uh, so I wonder if that means – I wonder, like, for example, because they talk about, like, seven, uh, eight dice going down to seven. Let's say one unit changes just by losing one attack die and nothing else. Are they counting them in the percentage that's staying the same or changing? Because, I mean, same, yes, te sure. technically they're changing. But would you really count that as that? It's so insignificant of a change <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that no. I think they could, you know, it's it's up for debate. Um, we'll only, yeah. you'll, we won't know until they release the card packs uh, or the spoilers or whatever. Um, so, but still, at, that means at least a minimum 20%. That means one in five uh, things in your faction is changing in some way, uh, which... As you know, I trust Simon. I, I think it's going to be for the better, and I can't wait. Not only that, think of it. I guess think of it this way: uh, one in five things changing also then means you're going to have that much more creative, uh, you know, ability to make lists. Uh, it's going to feel like fresh air into the faction, you know, because I'd say you know, I build lists all the time that. Every now and then, I'll just feel like, you know what? I feel like I've built this list before, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and just having that many things change, um, as long as it's for the better, which I'm sure it is, you know, it'll just really help, uh, you know, add some variety in your list building. And I, I can't wait for it. Um, but, yeah, so going on to, like, the next actual, like, big topic um, is uh, – that they're going to be tweaking and balancing some core mechanics. Um, now, cough, cough, panic. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say panic is the first one that jumps to my mind, but I didn't. I have no idea what they would do to it. Um, it depends on who you talk to. Like, <laughs> panic may be changing uh, the the how much you take again. Um, cause some people you talk to, some people be like, they should be taking D three plus two other people like, Oh, they should only be taking oh, D three. And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of iffy on changing it to either. Like as things uh -oh. are, I, I would kind of just like it to stay the same. Um, cause both sound, I, it, it sounds so funny cause we're just talking one extra wound or one less wound. And, but to me, that just seems I'm so used to the D three plus one that I think maybe that's why I'm thinking that. Uh, mm -hmm. Justin, what do you think? I know you're you're both in players, so panic's a big thing for you. Uh, I hope it doesn't increase. 
It hurts me more than it helps me. <laughs> like I'd rather kill someone with a dice. Like, oh my god, the last game I played against Dave, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> Jerk passed like every ten up Anikus on a ten up. Every single one, he didn't fail one. It was ridiculous. Uh, no, it definitely, uh, it definitely should not be going up. If it does, I mean, it's not my game. What can I do? But it'll, it'll cause problems. I don't mind the system at all right now. I, I, I like it, but it does like throw games quite a lot. But I'm not sure what it would change to. Like definitely not what it used to be. That was very punishing for. If we think like it's punishing for <laughs> units now, like oh, it was it was punishing. When you lose seven dudes to Cersei, you cry a little loudly. Yeah. Now um, here's a here's an idea. What do you think, uh, guys? I was thinking, what if you lost for a failed panic? You simply lost one guy for every remaining rank. So cavalry would only lose two wounds, uh, or you could. Even, I, uh, I like it, but I don't because cavalry already has so many advantages. That's the only part I don't like about it. Yeah. Uh, then I guess the solo thing might be a little weird because then you're only losing. One wound, or I guess if you count it based on ranks, you'd just die no matter how many wounds you had. <laughs> Except giants. <laughs> oh, yeah, because their rule would uh, auto-make it a two. But um, I don't know. I think, I, I think why it jumped to my mind is something really useful only because I was thinking in a vacuum of infantry. Because with infantry, that means at full ranks, you're not going to just – you're not just going to lose an entire rank – and then that also means at last rank, you know, you're not going to just be deleted from a panic test. Um, Cause I can't tell you that's how many times like that's it. the case. Uh, I can't tell you how many times that's the case where you're at like three guys left and you're like, man, this panic test could kill me on average. Oh, the D three, uh, you know, it always seems to come down to that. And I'd rather see a unit that's almost dead die from an attack than them just run away. Because if there's, like, only a couple guys left, there's no way that unit is letting them run away. They would, like, chase them down and kill them. Which I guess you could kind of say that's part of the panic test. But here, like, the thematic, like, thought of it. Um, yeah. I was going to say, unfortunately, thematically, it's, like, the opposite. Like, the more numbers you have, the less should run away. Right? So... Like that's that's the only like biggest headbutt against <laughs> against your idea. That I think. makes sense. Uh, but I, you know, I it was works really thinking, well like, with more the game. People. The game is rank based. Like that would, you know, it works well with that for sure. Yeah, I was thinking more so because what you said definitely makes sense. I was thinking more so of uh, the mindset of that. The more people you have, the more of a percent, uh, more of a chance of a percentage of them are going to feel that feeling of fear. And want to mm. run away. Mm. Um, yeah, true. So, true. But yeah, I definitely I agree uh, with your your thought on that because that that makes sense. That you know more people will often give you that bravery. So that would maybe oh, yeah. be a cool cool thing. Maybe like you get you know maybe tweak morales to be a little worse than they are globally. Uh, in the game, and you just naturally, units will get like plus one morale for every rank that they have left. Uh, and then maybe <laughs> implement a couple rules that 
uh, their, you know, you could always implement rules where like their morale doesn't change uh, when they lose, or yeah, when they lose ranks, or maybe they gain morale when they lose ranks. But I don't know. This is all just random, off the topic stuff. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, uh, I love, I love doing that kind of stuff myself. Um, I will say, like, we can tie this in to a previous point that we've been discussing, um, and that is the small little tweaks right um yep. in my in my opinion like the the panic change we saw for 1.5 was not a small little tweak <laughs> um <laughs> it, it was drastically different uh and which is okay i think it's better right but like they could have not gone so far and done what i always thought that what i would have liked a little little bit better is the same thing that you're doing now but just have a uh, a max, right? Like, I mean, the same thing that they were originally doing, sorry. The same thing that they were originally doing, but just have a max, right? So you can't lose more than four guys. Um, so that I thought that would have been like a, a, a smaller step, like how we're talking about small changes, um, but they just did a drastic panic overhaul in that last update. Um, as far as the future goes for panic, um, there's so many theories. I love them all. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think right now, the morale stat is not really affecting your your loss of men like at all. <laughs> like it's only affecting the chance of failed panic, and that that can be mitigated so many ways up top, down, left, bottom, right. So, uh, you know, the amount of guys that you lose should it should it would feel better if that was tied to the morale stat as well. And right now it's not right. So in the, you know, in, in the design sense, in the overall scheme, it, it is technically because over the course of a game, you won't lose as you won't fail as many tests. Therefore you don't lose as many guys because your morale is better. But when, you know, when you take them around, when you take that panic test and you lose four guys and your morale is four, you're like, what, this sucks. Like, what, what is this? You know, <laughs> why do I, why do I even <laughs> care about his morale stat? Like, <laughs> So I hope, I hope it, I hope it kind of leans into the morale stat actually matter matters for your, how many guys you lose. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Chris? Do you think uh, morale should just all go away and we should just beat each other's face in? <laughs> you actually read my mind. If we could do away with morale in general and just stick the and battle train. on the field. Yeah. Train can go too. Just make the, the battlefield. The board will be two by two, right? <laughs> one by one. Just like the hot gates from the 300. Just park them right there. Let them fight. Hope you draw the right cards to really like one shot those guys and let's go. Let's go. So what are you talking about? What are tactics cards, right? Oh, that, that is a good point. What is this? So Who are you? Sure, I have done a little bit better in using them recently. Yeah, and for anyone listening, what we normally do now is uh, when we play Chris, we'll hold our own tactics cards in one hand and his tactics cards in the other and be like, here, <laughs> this is the card you should be playing right now. <laughs> Justin actually does do that, yes. Well, no wonder he doesn't win games. <laughs> Holy cow, what the hell? <laughs> no. He won't me, play that's, them. That's not why I, win, why I don't win games. <laughs> kind of. That's what, that's what I always thought. 
that's what I always thought Varus should be, which is probably our next bullet point. I'm guessing is the control thing, but uh, uh, I always thought Varus should be like reveal your opponent's hand, and he has to play with his hand up, like that. You know, like oh, that would that would make sense too, because he's the spy master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got little that's... birds. You know, he knows what you're planning. You imagine like, how like, devastating that would be to, against Stark players. Like, ha ha ha! Now I know would, what you have. Would, yeah, it would make them. Uh, you know, might lose a few games here and there. So, I could even do. Uh, could even do his basic ability is just your opponent always plays with their hand revealed, and then uh, <laughs> have uh, like three order tokens that when he activates, they randomly discard a card or something. Wow. As as his little birds. So like, you know, the hand reveal. Yeah, that that that'd be too strong. I think it would be like a cost like you got to discard a card. I like that. Like you got to discard a card, you got to discard some info and then you get to see your opponent's hand revealed or something like that. I don't know. But um it would I wouldn't think it'd be an all game thing like it would be maybe oh, three. How about this? Go one? ahead. Uh so you play with the hand revealed. You get three order tokens. You, when he activates, you can spend that order token to look at the top card of your opponent's deck. Whoa, I like that. I like that. So now you not only see their hand, but now you know their next card before they do. Yeah, you got you got the uh, the scry going on. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Man, I would. Yep. Control decks would absolutely love or control uh, armies would absolutely love that. And man, I, I wish, uh, I wish he would change that <laughs> or at least someone, but I think he makes the most sense uh, for everyone that I can think of, unless there's someone you can think of Justin in the, in the books that would represent that maybe better. He's the most spy of them all. <laughs> He's the spiest I don't know, spies. man. Maester Marwyn with his dragon glass candle, bro, uh, inserting dreams into people that have skin changing abilities is probably, I guess, not very spy but that, that's pretty freaking manipulative if you ask me. <laughs> it's a little creepy. A little creepy. I think anyway. uh, that would be incentive for Chris to run Varus every time. You know, he'd. he'd uh... <laughs> Or you know, how, you'd want how his opponent that to play. Help me. Yeah, you would want your opponent to play it because then you'd have to lay your cards in front of you, and you'd have to. <laughs> <laughs> there should be a card nah. that says, "All the tactics decks go away for the game." <laughs> <laughs> this game was called Duel. <laughs> yeah, it's called War. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this unit does better than this unit. Yeah, so do, um, I'm not sure if I guessed right. Are we doing control next? Uh, yeah, we can uh, kind of jump over to control if you want to take take us away with that one. Oh no, I think I think uh, I think Chris was just about to say something. Go ahead, dude. No, I wasn't. You're good. Okay. Uh, yeah, control. <laughs> All right, so let's see here. Uh, we have kind of flat. Yeah, <laughs> elements of control in parentheses. In parentheses do what you want when you want or not. Which is the least helpful parentheses of them all. Like what that that doesn't mean anything. Right? <laughs> um, it really doesn't. It just means that they're looking at it, I guess. Right? Uh, did we get any? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, Dave. And you're the host, so you got the notes. Uh, <laughs> did, did we get any uh, control tidbits from the podcast? 
Not really, but I'm going to tell you right now, if Michael is the one that wrote this, you know why he put that parenthesis in there, right? Because he is now controlling what you are thinking by you <laughs> reading that and having no idea what you're reading. <laughs> Do what you want, what you want, or not, because, you know. <laughs> yeah. But well, elements okay. of control. I mean, you could say, like, uh, as of right now, with how the the famously worded meta is, like you don't get to do what you want when you want. So, I, if you if you look if you read into it, it's going to be uh, less less frequent, less common, right? I I don't know. It might be it might be in the article here if I missed it. I, th- I think they talked about control somewhere, but um, yeah, like uh, my first thought that I would love is Walder Frey being uh, neutral faction only. Like you can only use him in the neutral faction. Um, in the books, he, uh, of course, we all know how he backstabs his stuff. But once he does, once he um, goes against the super crazy, like mythological old school sacred law of guest right, uh, nobody wants to. Te- nobody wants to be his friend. Like he should. I think he should be neutral only. In my opinion, you can't take him unless you're neutral. I think maybe uh, allowing him to be taken with uh, Lannisters or neutral, so kind of like uh, Craster, um, I think would make sense. It would make sense, uh, in, I guess, if in the beginning. Um, but even even once even once the wedding happens, like the Lannisters are, have the crown and they're just pointing their fingers, like they're like, "Oh yeah, it's all Water Frey's fault." Like. We're not, we're not, we're not tied with him at all. Like, you know, he's, he's a, he's a bastard. So, um, yeah, unfortunately that's how like all the neutrals end up being though. Cause then you would be able to say <laughs> that Boltons can't go with Starks because well, you know, yeah, <laughs> they did yeah, that. No, thing. you're right. You're right. <laughs> I just think, I just but think I, if you were to, if maybe except for like golden company or, or something like that, but if you were to pick something that should be neutral only, I, I would probably pick Walder Frey. <laughs> Oh, it'd be kind of cool if neutrals just kind of had. Oh yeah, Tycho. It'd be cool if neutrals had like, like a limitation on what factions. I don't know, maybe like printed on like the top right of their card or something, or top somewhere, and then just simply each faction has their own color. So like whatever faction they can go in, they'll just have a a dot of that color or something. So yeah, I mean they have to. You know, that could be that could, yeah that would you could work. just do the straight up do the sigils um or something you know somewhere on the card because you know simon's really good about adding in little tiny symbols places because i don't know if you guys noticed i was looking at the ironborn bowman and above the top right of the crossbow they have like a double arrow pointing to the right i'm assuming that is referring to the um Ironborn Arrow's ability, uh, which is the re-rolls when you attack enemy in flank or rear. That's just a guess. Um, I think but, it's range. They, they don't have. They took out range and the ability, so they no longer have the L or S like they previewed. Oh, you know, two arrows might represent long, whereas yeah. one arrow might represent short. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good guess. 
Anyways, but my point being is that they're really good about adding, like, little cool, like, symbols, places somewhere on the card to represent things as quick references without having to add a bunch of words to it. Um, so I think uh, they could maybe do something along those lines. Anyway, I think it would also help them with uh, with making neutral units because, you know, neutral units tend to have to be a bit weaker because they have to balance them between every faction that can take them. And mm-hmm. if you limit what factions can take a particular unit, then it really allows you to kind of beef them up while beefing up, beefing them up in the right way that they're not going to be too powerful. Yeah, I would love um, that. What about you, Justin, our our neutral player? How would that sound? Uh, I mean, I think from like day one, uh, I've been saying that I think having them be in, uh, available only to two specific factions, holy Christ, I can't talk, um, <laughs> is definitely like a really cool idea that I like and it works for a lot of things. Um, I think I think Simon is trying to be unique about it, which is fine. I understand having your own identity that separates other games. And then also that would definitely give strength to certain factions that a lot of factions will never have. Um, if you go by like the lore of the book, because um, certain factions like are never talked about, and especially never talked about with using specific mercenaries or anything like that. Um, so they do that to take a lot of like leniencies or uh, whatever. Plus, there's not like a ton of neutral units. So right now, what we have, we would have neutrals for Lannisters, Starks, and Targaryens. Yep. So what would Mummers go to? Lannisters and Starks. Oh, okay. They start as Lannisters and throw a bunch of soup on people and become Starks. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I'm not kidding. <laughs> Sorry, it helps with the soup, but it's a thing. <laughs> so back to your point, uh, Carl, about Walder. Uh, one thing that pops to my mind, and this is just something that I've come across recently that has bothered me uh, when building like competitive lists is you know, just his ability to shut off units, I feel like undermines the whole point of having certain units. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's too much of a silver bullet that I'd like to see all of the things that uh, reliably turn off a unit's abilities be revamped. Uh, I don't mind it being like a, like, let's see who has, like Tywin having an ability to shut someone off like once like his NCU or I believe he even has a tactics card maybe if I'm thinking correctly um anyways but like a tactics card or a one-time thing sure I think that's perfectly fine because you know you're not really like uh you know it's it's a very temporary uh silver bullet into a powerful unit but Walder, I think, needs to change just because in a competitive scene, you almost have to take him in one of your two lists. He's almost like an auto-include because there's too many units out there that are so like powerful that you just feel like you need to be turning them off, even if uh, their abilities off, even if it is only for every other round when you don't have the crown. Um so I would like to see his control uh, and manipulative like 
backstabbing turn into some other ability. Uh, and I can't think of any, but if there are other very reliable ways to shut off uh, units all the time, I definitely would like to see that change a little too. Yeah, I think this goes into list building and just using all your all the units made of the game, right? Uh, and on the point of like competitive two list format, it's like it's the same exact thing as Varus. It's like when you play a game and you have and both players do not have Varus, completely fine, awesome. When you play a game and both and both players do have Varus, completely fine, awesome. When you play a game and only one person has Varus, it's not a fun experience. Like that that and that's just like that means both players are always gonna have Varus because there's that fear. There's like I can't I can't pick a list into this game that doesn't have Varus if he does. And same thing with Walder. It's like he's gonna shut off my guys, so do I wanna bring my heavy hander uh and not bring Varus to or uh Walder to counter his heavy hander? It's just it's just not it's just not all inclusive type of thinking when it comes to list building and competitive format. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like uh, those two are like the, you know, one of like the top, uh, you know, NCUs and they're both neutral. And so you're seeing them everywhere all the time. And it would be nice if, uh, yeah, if both of them possibly changed, uh, like we we're saying with Varus and like the card thing, uh, a revealing hand or even changing Walder to something else. But um, their control aspect is nice, but it's too good that they're always being taken more so Walder now than Varus. But um, even when you run, when both players run Varus, if one player rolls really bad and doesn't like gets one of their four orders to go off and the other one gets all four or even, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've encountered this, but I'll have my opponent you claim a spot with or activate their Varus, and I go, okay, I'm using Varus to shut off your Varus. And they go, what? And I go, yeah. yeah. And and then I get it, and then now I know I can spend the rest of, you know, I can activate my NCUs without any problem because they'll, they're like, oh, well, I don't need my other abilities right now, so I'll just lead with Varus on the tactics board. I mean, there's, um, it just, neither person having it, I think, is the best uh, experience. <laughs> but even with both people having it, it can kind of be one-sided depending on how the roles go. Um, and even if both players get all four, it can be pretty, uh, pretty boring. <laughs> it almost yeah. makes like the tactics board moot, but, um, yeah, for me, like it's, I, I just thought of, I giggled in the middle of you talking, sorry, but a thought came to my mind of an old Dave Chappelle episode. And it's like, uh, the, the question would be like, so, uh, what problems do you have with the control elements of, Song of Ice and Fire, TMG, like, well, how much time you got? <laughs> and I could just, like, <laughs> I can make a list. <laughs> I can make a list for you. Like, Corrin NCU from the Night's Watch? Like, come on, right? Uh, Man's NCU is crazy. Like, I mean, uh, everyone having counterpot, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, the, uh, the craziness that multiple trappers bring and de- zone deniability, controlling the battlefield. Like, come on. Like, it's crazy. Uh, anyways, I don't want to I don't want to rag on, but it's like I, I I'm really happy that they mentioned they'll be looking at elements of control. It's, it makes me happy. 
What about uh, you, Chris? Uh, I know control is kind of right in your wheelhouse. What uh, is there anything uh, that comes to mind for you? Well, I can just tell you, I've never, ever used Vares for anything. I'd like to... <laughs> I'm sure you have. You even said his name before. <laughs> uh, just to yell at Justin for using him, but. <laughs> Um, when he only had two NCUs to choose from. <laughs> I feel yeah. bad because I look like a villain all the time because I'm always using Varus. Like, that's not my fault. Like, you want me to bring Jockin? Now we're talking. <laughs> you don't want me to suffer that much, do you? You all hate me. Yeah, and it's it's well documented that I'm not a fan of that counterplot nonsense either. So. Well, that's because of Lannister. You don't actually care about it being used on you because well, you don't use cards. Be, no, to be fair, Targaryen's got it too now, and I and still now. won't use that either. So, Baratheons have it too. Yeah, just out of principle, I won't use it. Yeah, that's actually a good segue uh, counterplot because <laughs> uh, that leads into like what I was hoping. What, what I was hoping that we'd talk about the uh, faction styles and roles. I know that you mentioned it earlier. We didn't really talk about it, but like, there's some factions where it's like, what is their, <laughs> what is it? What, what is their style and role? Like, I thought Lannisters were supposed to be that super, you know, signature control stuff. And we see, we see so many things just get copy and pasted from Lannisters. I don't think they have a role right now. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, Night's Watch is kind of like up in their air too. Like, what exactly is the Night's Watch role? I'm not not quite sure. Besides, yeah, the like Night's the super, Watch. besides the Val mechanic, like other than that, it's like what what's their role though? Like, what is their what is their style? And I don't really know that either. Um, the Lannister style is to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like the counterparts, it's like oh man, you know. Uh, Lannister is just like is becoming this this gray faction. Like it's like I don't I don't you know. Anyways, um, so I, there's I'm really also happy that they mentioned that because that's like definitely is something that I've noticed where it's like I we're losing the uh, the flair or the flavor uh, that that a faction is supposed to have. You know, so so that's that's an awesome bullet point that they they brought up. Yeah, and I feel like Lannisters, uh, I've been playing them a lot, mostly because a lot of uh, people in my group, I try to bring something that isn't going to be played that day. And right now we don't really have a Lannister player that's playing at the moment. Um, we have some, but they just, they are, uh, they haven't been coming to the shop uh, with everything going on and I don't blame them for it. Uh, I'm just, mentioning that right now Lannisters are like one of the only things that aren't seen at the shop. So I've been playing a lot of Lannister and I feel like their biggest thing right now is just the lack of activations. I feel like in order to kind of keep up, I have to run the mountain that rides, but I don't want to be running the mountain that rides in every list. Uh, Cause depending on what your opponent has, he's either just okay or he's like unstoppable if your opponent doesn't have like auto wounds or a way to really deal with him. So, but I guess that's kind of a topic for another day. Uh, Justin, what do you think uh, about um, some small uh, tweaks and changes to like the game mechanics? Any that pop into your mind? 
I don't know if we'll see so many changes to like core game mechanics, but I think it's just like we've talked about already clarification and then changes to units. I think, I mean, we've said it a hundred times, but this game has like a really amazing core to it and is one of the like initially most balanced games uh, out there. So, you know, it's, they ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. <laughs> That's literally yeah. how I feel about this. Uh, all they got to do is balance. And every game, like, nothing to be ashamed about. Every game in the world as things come out needs balance. There's enough video game out there that doesn't need balance. Mm-hmm. Let alone tabletops where things interact very specifically. Uh, I mean, like, I play a lot of Total War Warhammer um, on PC, and they're always having to update things when things come out. Just tiny little changes, just like Seamon's doing, so everything just requires it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a really good point Like to to the to the listeners. It's like, there's there's a lot of, like, I don't know, uh, negativity around this type of thing happening to, to a tabletop game for some reason. Um, I guess I see it with Song of Ice and Fire, mostly. Um, and it's like, probably be, probably because you don't even see it in video games, like, but it happens. Like when there's an update or a patch or whatever, like there's tons of little bullet points that they do, but they don't go into it and it's not so noticeable. Right. And it could be the same exact thing with this. Like it's not going to be that noticeable, but they want to talk about it. They want to bring it up. They want to get us excited. Uh, so they, they have this wonderful article and then you see like, you know, you might see some like super negativity about it, but it's like, this is great. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly what you want. So I just, you know, I think I think that some people over overreact. We we've all seen it, um, but balance balance tweaks are definitely a very good healthy sign. So um, yeah. I just I just wanted to like uh, totally hit that on the head. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, before uh, we run out of time, uh, we do have a couple more topics. Uh, so they did mention that you know with. Uh, originally they're just kind of, kind of do another update kind of the way they did 1.5 and just kind of get a bunch of things kind of tweaked, but you know, they, they saw the opportunity they had and they, that's when they decided, you know, Hey, we're already going to be making cards. Why not revisit tactics cards? Because the only reason that really weren't going to touch them is because they're physical cards. You had to slide into sleeves and, uh, or just like, you know, for those that don't use sleeves, you know, you just, you needed a physical card. Uh, and so tactics cards were never touched, not even a little bit. Um, they clarified how they're supposed to operate in the FAQ Aretta, but they never actually changed, like, the physical cards. Um, so uh, they are going to be, um, they said that they're going to be changing a bunch of tactics cards. How many, we don't know. They did not also... Also, I believe they did not uh, mention if commander cards were included in there, but I can only imagine they will be. Um, and they didn't also they also didn't say how much they would change them. If they're basically all going to be the same thing and just streamline streamline wording, or if uh, or if maybe they're like you know this tactics card doesn't really fit the theme as much as we thought it did, and maybe it might completely get deleted. And a whole new tactics card put in there. Uh, what did you say, Chris? I said counterplot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could it possibly change um, to? 
<laughs> it counters um, plots. <laughs> Counter card. Um, so yeah, I think uh, either way, even if they just tweak things and cha- uh, streamline wording, uh, or if they outright get rid of cards and change them, I don't think I'd be upset either way. Uh, again, it's either just going to be good because things are going to be clearer and easier to read and easier to understand with like very little to no uh, confusion, or they're going to change things. It's probably going to still be little to no confusion because they're going to streamline it anyways. And if there's new taxes cards, again, it's just going to be like a, uh, a fresh breath of new creative uh, ideas on how to operate your faction. Um, because uh, maybe this is just me. I play every faction just so I don't get tired or bored of any particular faction. And I know that's just like a personality trait. You know, not everyone's like that. Um, but just something like that for me, seeing, uh, like new things and even things changed enough to where they feel new, uh, is exciting to me. Um, the only thing I just ask is that they're not changed to something that's outright unusable or, uh, you know, weaker and less desirable to even run to begin with. And it just kind of defeats the purpose. Um, Justin, what do you think about, uh, the tax cards possibly changing or tweaking? I think, I, well, first, I love it. Um, hopefully they are changing. Me and you personally have talked about it, like on our drives to Indiana and stuff, about very specific cards that are just, like, say it as it is. There are some cards that are just terrible. <laughs> There's some that really, like, unbalance a faction, like, single-handedly almost. Because, um, yep. like, a commander card that's horrible uh, in my examples that I love to rant about. Seer keeps a man alive. Boy, I love that <laughs> card. Uh, can't tell you how many times that card's helped win a game. Oh, wait, yes, I can. Zero. <laughs> um, hopefully that changes. But, I mean, that, that comes back down to balance, too. Um, some cards are simply made irrelevant based off the army you fight because new things have come out that made them irrelevant. Um, some are redundant. I... I'm with uh, with everyone saying, like, too many counterplots in the game. It definitely takes... And it's not because counterplot... Yes, counterplot's annoying, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But it takes away from Lannisters, and that's the bummer about it. Yeah, um, and I so think I would counterplot is... Like I think counterplot's such a good card that it would be nice that... You know, the fact that Baratheons and Targaryens have it is fine because it's only one commander, but the point... I guess I'm getting to is that the two commanders that have it are really good. Like, <laughs> but Courtney Pendles is terrible. Nobody should play him except me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or even, uh, even though, you know, mother of dragons is in my opinion, clearly better than queen of Marine queen of Marine gives Targaryens that NCU commander. That's much needed because things are so expensive for Targaryens right now with Unsullied both versions and Dragons that uh, that free NCU helps a ton. So, yeah, um, and it's a free, and, and then you're allowed to take Dragons. Like, I mean, so usually, I you think, only, usually you only take one, but still, like, you got your free yeah. NCU and you can bring a Dragon. Like, that's awesome. Well, yeah, if you think of it this way, what'd you say? Do you need NCUs, though? 
They just can't afford to the job that you have. Well, it depends. If you uh, run uh, all dragons, then you would need just a... Uh, no, um, we're talking. You would just need Queen of Marine because you have no unit to put her in. No, you got to throw an Unsullied in there somewhere. So I'll do a I'll do a selfish shout out uh, <laughs> over at West Coast Bannerman YouTube. I I do have I'm trying to look it up as fast as I can. I think it's a peace talks in the playlist. We talk we rank. I think this was back in February maybe. Uh, we rank the top. Uh, we have, I think we have three people on. And we rank the top five and worst tactic cards in our opinion. And fear keep man fear keeps man alive. I think everyone has at the bottom. <laughs> yes. I appreciate like, did one you. too, and it was the same for us. <laughs> telling you, oh, okay. I, I want that card to be good, but nope, nope, nope. Because Roos, uh, I would love to be my main commander because I really like him over Ramsey. I don't really like Ramsey as a character, but I think Roos is a really dynamic and cool and interesting character. But nope. Only one of his cards. Well, no, two of his cards. One of his cards is amazing. The other is good. The other is just such trash that I don't want to bring him. And then, <laughs> Can I just have an 18 point, card deck? Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then a second point for Chris, you know, maybe they will implement something like a second use for cards. That way you don't have to deal with them at all. You could like discard a card and remove a condition token or something. Like that. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> or add dice or something, you know. Card for dice. Deck, yeah. go on. One you know, deck. coming from a card game pack background, it would be cool if they implemented some sort of, maybe NCU would suit best with, like, the ability to, uh, you know, it's like a one-time ability, go into your discard pile and remove, like, I don't know, I'm just going to throw a random number out there because it's just, you know, a thought I had is remove, like, eight cards from the game and return any two to your hand. So uh, you would be able to recycle two cards of your choice, but you have to meet the requirement of removing eight. That means you have to have 10 cards in your discard pile to even begin with. So you're not going to be able to just be like, oh, most powerful card, most powerful card. All right, play that ability, get both back to my hand. But, you know, no, that just so that's like just half your... Use that one goofy card eight times instead of six. <laughs> Yeah, it's two goofy cards, I'll have you know. I don't know what that one's we'll called, say but it's, it's not awful. a neutral NCU. Wait, which one are you talking about? Cruel Methods? Because I still can only use that as many rounds as there is. I don't know which one. I can use it eight times. But then you go fish for it, and you put the other card and get it back. So, yeah, I don't like that one either. You know what I've never but, done uh, off the top of my head? I've never gotten Cruel Methods first round in Fire and Blood. That'd be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> just yes, I would definitely shoot and charge someone turn one. You almost do. <laughs> no, I that'd be uh, pretty us. awesome. Yeah, I'm surprised that's never happened. When you're like, especially when you're like me and you deploy back a couple inches, so you're not even within range. <laughs> not What's everybody deploying does, back. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What? Chris, Chris, oh, Chris, oh, Chris. I thought you had no, to they, no, they right tell you how line. far to put up your guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's a requirement, not a suggestion. Um, so moving on. Uh, so, yeah, to finish off taxes cards, I can't wait to see what they do with them. Moving on, uh, 
I just have, uh, we have, uh, we're going to talk about the stagnite change, but before that, um, I wanted to ask you guys how you feel about this and maybe it might just be more so me and possibly Chris because, uh, Carl, how many of the factions do you play? Um, nine. You play what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I love them all, man. Um, you know, I don't, I don't own them all at all. COVID wasn't nice to me. I sold, I sold quite a bit, but, um, uh, as far, as far as interested in playing, uh, all of them, as far as bringing to tournaments, ones that I have and are planning to, I would say Night's Watch is dear to my heart. Um, and so I'll always continue to bring my war machines to the table and laugh at people who groan and moan. Uh, and then, uh, Targaryens, I look forward to, tar- to Targaryens. So, um, so yeah, the yeah. reason I the reason I ask is because I know Justin plays uh, neutrals and Baratheons, but I know oh, yeah, Chris, neutral. you uh, you play you have every faction, um, and you have at least one of every unit. Um, and even true. though you pretty much just play tar- you started with Starks, jumped into Free Folk, and then now we're uh, Targaryen. Um, the main reason I ask is how do you guys feel about about the card packs and how much they might end up costing. So coming from my perspective, <laughs> I I have all seven factions and I have a beefy amount of all of them. Uh, so much so that I have one friend that plays uh, my Baratheons, um, and then I have my nephew who's he's older and he plays my neutral or sorry not neutrals Night's Watch, and you know I just I have so much and I'm concerned like just on a financial point that, you know, let's say they're like $20 a pack, which is actually, you know, when you really think about it, that's probably reasonable, but at what $140 to, to get the card packs that if they change the tactics cards, it's basically going to be mandatory to buy. Um, Mm -hmm. Now that's a, that's a small thing to complain about anyone listening other other games have like codexes and rule books and chapter approved and like all these things that you constantly have to buy to pretty much keep up with the game that this is a small complaint this is one of those we don't have anything else better to complain about so it's a topic i'm bringing up but regardless i'm bringing it up just kind of get your guys' opinion on it what do you think carl oh right um Uh, As far as the impact on the game, extremely positive, beneficial, a million thumbs up. Uh, I'm very, very happy that they're doing this whole thing. They're making new tactic cards. Hopefully, okay, I got three things, three things to say. Number one, put in each tactic card, please, since you're going to make some room with removing parentheses. Please put in what the card is targeting, please. Uh, number two, uh, just for that, that way you can use this cool target mechanic, targeting, targeting, like just put it in, put, put it, put it, yeah, put it in. What, what is the targeting? Uh, number two, um, for specifically the, the faction card packs, um, I, I have two suggestions. They probably are not listening to me at all, but um, number one is uh, the more faction packs you buy, the less each one is. That would be nice to see. Uh, number three, uh, I'm sorry. Number two for the faction packs is, um, 
uh, proof of purchase for the Simon Asia Expo should give you a fat discount, uh, I think, in my opinion. Uh, it's been less than four months uh, since that was available for purchase. I would probably say three months or less since people have been getting their shiny new uh, foil cards that they just bought. Um, give them a discount. Like, did, uh, did these two things not communicate with each other? Like, you knew it was happening. <laughs> so, like, uh, I, in my opinion, they, they, everyone who bought a, a foil pack should give a little, just a little, a little, little, little incentive, a little discount to get those faction packs. Um, or, shoot, I don't know. I, I, it's not feasible, but I don't know what kind of system they're going to come up with, organized play, all that, all that kind of thing. But uh, they used to do organized play kits, right? So they could tie it in that way somehow also um, for, for events. You run an official event at your game store, support the store. You got entry fees that goes towards the store getting faction packs for, for, for the players. I don't know. Who knows? But um, those are my quick, quick and dirty little bullet points there. That's actually a really good point. I, I had uh, it popped in my mind when uh, the, it was first like announced for the taxes cards. It was just like kind of an afterthought. But the fact that you bring it up, yeah, it's definitely uh, you know it would be a concern to some people that, especially if you're one of those you know people that bought one of every faction. You know yeah. that's a pricey uh, investment in something that now is going to be all but uh you know a lot of it not all of it but um is going to be unusable um yep so i definitely agree some some way to make it right even if it's just like hey contact our support and let us know and then like we'll send you discounted versions or maybe like a voucher to take to your local game shop it would be really cool so it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see what they do along those lines. Now, one thing I wanted to point out is I'm also uh, curious how much of each will be in it. Um, it would be cool if you know they just went to the extreme and provided lots of extra copies, so that way, buy one and you're done. Even if they had to like tack on an extra five bucks to make it worth it. But uh, the last thing I would want is for someone to feel like they need to buy two. Uh, you know, me personally, even if I have five berserkers on the table, I'm I'm only having one card next to me. But some people, you know, they want one of each because they want to put their order tokens and what attachments go to each card um, or each unit next to that unit's card. Uh, and so they're going to need, for those people, one of each unit they currently own. In some cases, if you bought three uh, it can be upwards of like six of a single unit. I think more than six is a little overkill with the exception of maybe Raiders. Um, but like, for example, uh, I usually buy three of each starter. So I have like six sworn swords, six guardsmen. Uh, I even have six sworn brothers. Not that, you know, I would ever be able to run six anymore, but um, <laughs> anymore. In a 40 point. Yeah. in a 40 point. Uh, so it'd be nice to uh, once they reveal how much of each will be in a pack. And like I said, I'd I'd gladly pay an extra like five bucks if that's what they need in order to just beef it up with a ton of each you know unit's uh, card um, and uh, um, 
you know, attachments and all that. And it would even be cool if they sold the tactics decks separately. So, because they're talking yep. about card packs, it'd be cool if they had like unit NCU, like all that stuff, uh, attachment card pack, and then yep. a tactics deck card pack. Um, I agree. Because some people are going to want an extra. They're going to, just in case, like, one of their cards goes missing, uh, it rips, something like that. You don't want to have to buy an entire pack of all these other things that you probably won't need. So, um, all right. So yeah, I completely that agree. Said, and that's why I brought up the uh, that's why I brought up the prize support idea because you could have a skeleton faction pack. Like my vote is cheap as possible, right? That's why I said the kind of the bullets that I mentioned. Like, you, you know, like don't like don't overwhelm people by this, right? But then you can you can you can still like uh, fill in the gaps with uh, enticing uh, people getting together in tournament play with having more copies just for game stores. Like go go to your game store, uh, you participate in an event, you get to pick out a unit card that that you want or something like that. Like you know, oh you want a second copy of a unit card that's updated, then you it's uh it's price support. That you go go to an event, it's like a it's like part of your goodie bag. You know, you just pick one out. Anyways. Um, on that note, I, I unfortunately do have to get running, guys. Uh, just me, though, um, personally. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I love coming on and talking to you guys. I could talk about this game all day, all night, of course. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and it's a very um, exciting time, like I said in the beginning. It's, it's, I'm really, really pumped uh, for, for, this, for this time period of the year for this game. Um, well, with that said, uh, if you want to give uh, your channel a shout-out uh, before you go. Yeah, uh, if, if anyone doesn't know me, uh, Carl, once again, uh, West Coast Bannerman. We have a nice group over here on the West Coast of the United States. Um, right now, we're kind of, like, dispersed and kind of, like, dormant. But uh, when we were active, it was, it, it was, we have a really good group going. Um, and, uh, and on that note, I, what, I, what I have offered all these uh, players, if they want to make content – they can have a, an outlet for it. So West Coast Bannerman is multiple contributors being able to put in whatever they want. So I have Diego right now doing painting videos, unboxings over on the YouTube, West Coast Bannerman YouTube. Uh, we did podcasts for a while that, that has kind of went uh, silent for now. Um, but most importantly, and what I'm most excited for is tomorrow at 1530 EST. So that would be, uh, let's see, on my time, it's 1230. That's, that's, mostly what I know, but 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, we are doing the first episode of a new bi-weekly series called Guild Chat. So if you guys don't know, uh, Small Council Radio and West Coast Bannermen are together in the Guild, A Song of Ice and Fire, guild.com. A Song of Ice and Fire is abbreviated. has such an incredible amount of content you guys should definitely check out. Um, tomorrow, live stream, I, I have a nice show planned. It's going to be uh, probably a different style than anyone's ever done before. Um, it's going to have lots of laughs. It's going to have some content that I don't think has been seen yet. Uh, so I'm super pumped. I'm learning so much about streaming, how to do, uh, you know, seamless transitions and overlays and stuff. It's just, it's just a whole world that I'm pumped about. So please come support the guild tomorrow, 1530 EST. Awesome. Thank you. And thanks again for uh, coming on. Again, it was my pleasure. You guys have a great one. Chat, chat later. You too. Toodles. All right. So Justin also had to take off because uh, uh, the show is running a bit longer than normal. Uh, so I apologize to anyone listening. So we are going to wrap it up. 
uh, with uh, talking about the stagnites. And I probably will, we will uh, have another uh, episode where we talk about the new uh, article um, with the, all the Greyjoy stuff that just revealed. And then we'll probably tack on the stagnites again on that one to kind of dive a little deeper than I'm about to do. So, um, so the stagnites uh, were revealed to change. Uh, they have a five movement, a uh, four up save, a five up morale, and their attack stat is three up to hit seven, seven, seven. So I believe none of that has changed uh, from their current form. Um, they are, uh, I don't know if it was confirmed or rumored to be eight points. Uh, I've heard confirmed somewhere, but I haven't seen it. Um, the They have an order, uh, or sorry, they have a, an ability that uh, is um, Stag's Fury, gain the following based on the game round, and they are, uh, they do all stack. Um, on round two plus, uh, they get Critical Blow, then round three, Vicious, round four, Sundering, round five, the deal plus one hit for each of its remaining ranks. So, best case scenario, if it's round five and they have all their ranks, they are a 10-10-10 hitting on threes with Critical Blow, Vicious, and Sundering. Uh, so if you can keep these guys fresh, either with Renly's healing or something, or even their order, uh, which is uh, resilience, when an enemy is performing an attack on this unit, after attack dice are rolled, the unit only suffers one wound for every two unblocked hits. So it's the same ability that the Giants have. Uh, I'm going to say it right now. I think these guys are, if they are eight points, they're going to be way too strong. And that's simply because of my opinion about uh, the Giants' rule. Uh, I pretty much said the same thing with the Walrus chief, Chieftain uh, attachment, giving the same ability to any infantry unit that they uh, get purchased for. I think, uh, you know, especially if you're going to be reducing uh, a lot of the hitting power, uh, you know, again, just my prediction uh, of units being able to one-shot, uh, reducing eight, uh, eight dice down to seven um, here or there. You also then have to think that Stag's, uh, Stagnite's 777 profile now means that they have, like, among, you know, the best dice always. Um, whereas before it was like, oh, a lot of things have eight. Uh, so seven just seemed like the next step down. But now if things are going to be reduced to a seven uh, in a lot of ways, then this unit now is going to have the best attack profile at all times uh, for dice. Not only that, have a bunch of different abilities because more often than not, you're almost never going to see combat before round two. And even round two sometimes uh, it doesn't happen that much. So it's going to be usually round three, and by then you have Critical Blow and Vicious. That five-up morale means you're going to stick around along, as well as Resilience. So let's say most units that are going to have a seven, seven dice, that means at best they're going to do three wounds. Uh, and then unless you have Vicious or some other morale uh, thing, they're going to pass their morale more often than not. That means without any healing, uh, in a lot of cases, these guys, it's going to take like four attacks at best to kill them. And that's a lot of dedication for a unit 
And that's, like I said, if you don't heal, you, know, you can run these guys on like a runly uh, loyalty list where they're just healing over and over. Another good investment for these guys is Tycho. Healing five wounds, right, uh, healing them right back up by five wounds, or even if you run two of these guys and then be, heal it between the both. Uh, I just, I think these guys are a easy nine points, if not 10 points because of this ability alone. Uh, I know it's an order. And if you attack multiple times in one round, it kind of gets by it, but more often than not getting uh, that many extra attacks against them, especially if they're able to like weaken you um, or do some other uh, effect they can weather one normal attack while using the order on the other. Um, so, yeah, I just think these guys are going to be almost unkillable with that order. Uh, so I think easy nine points, um, if not ten points as they are. But uh, that's just my prediction. Uh, I could be totally wrong. And, uh, you know, I haven't played with these guys yet, so definitely take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. Um what about you, Chris? How do you feel about uh, them, especially you know having played Free Folk and having the Giants' ability? Well, these guys are we combat juggernauts, so I'm a big fan. Yeah, they're definitely uh, you know get in your face and just kind of do a bunch of damage and never really tiring. You know that seven across the board especially if you're going to have all those abilities later in the game. Because turn four, in my opinion, is when things really start to pick up and people really start you know, dying quite a bit. And by that time, you have Cripple of Vicious Sundering, um, especially some of the things that you can attach in them. Like uh, for two points, you can put the Noble in them. And now, even though you're doing two wounds to yourself, I mean, hitting, attacking twice with all these abilities is crazy. Uh, you're, before, the Noble was only going to net you a little advantage because the two wounds you do to yourself, you're probably only going to do like three or four in return. Now, I mean, with Vicious uh, helping ensure to fail, uh, to more likely fail a panic test, that critical blow to turn those sevens into much more dice, uh, even the Sundering, I mean, a Noble and them making them 10 points is going to be completely nasty. Um, or even now, uh, you, since you're basically going to start the game with Critical Blow, since it's uh, the first one you get, you run Dario in them for uh, plus two dice. So now you're 999 with Precision Critical Blow right off the bat. Uh, it's, I don't know, uh, I hope I'm wrong. I really do hope I'm wrong. Um, and worst case, I am right. And I know Simon will, you know, make the proper adjustments and figure something out, um, as they usually do. Um, so we're going to wrap up there. Uh, going to end the show with uh, the shout-outs as usual. As uh, Carl was saying, definitely go check out a Song of Ice and Fire uh, guild.com. It's where you can find a bunch of content creators, uh, Mythico Studios, Tabletop Warden, uh, ourselves, Small Council Radio, uh, West Coast Bannerman, Northern Realms Gaming, A Song of Ice and Fire Stats, Sunday Slaughter, and we still have Blitz Mini on there because he is a he's an awesome content creator. Um, 
I don't believe he's currently making uh, a Song of Ice and Fire content, but he is still making content, and I definitely highly recommend it. Definitely go check all that out. You can find just about anything and everything you can think of as far as content between uh, articles, uh, podcasts, um, uh, battle reports, both uh, in video form and article form, some tactics talk. Uh, and then even some extras. You can find a couple of retailers on there if you don't have one that you're currently supporting, um, and a bunch of just other content and tools. Uh, very well done site, very beautiful, lots of info on it. So definitely go check that out. Uh, and then of course check out uh, a song, or sorry, check out uh, Small Council Radio, um, our site on Blog Talk Radio, or uh, you can also find us on. Um, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also on Discord, you can go join there and give us some uh, suggestions for shows. And, uh, you know, even if, uh, or if you want to suggest some other alternate uh, platforms that we can put our content on, uh, anything and everything we can do to help make it uh, more convenient for you is definitely, uh, you know, the best thing. Uh, you know, it's definitely the one thing that we want to do to help you guys out because we definitely do this for you. Uh, for those that um, are uh, currently, you know, without a uh, shop uh, to buy from, either the one of the retailers on uh, songofvicefireguild.com or uh, one I highly recommend is uh, my local, which is uh, Games Plus in Mount Prospect, Illinois. They're an amazing shop, been around a long time, and they have a ton of product. They have a ton of old school stuff that you probably can't find almost anywhere else because they've been around for so long. Their shop is just packed full of just anything and everything you can possibly think of, ranging from the newest stuff every week pretty much with uh, you know new uh, product or ranging all the way from things I didn't even know existed because that's how old they are. Um, so they you know some of the product they have is just so old you know it's almost like you know i don't know i i haven't seen anywhere else and so if you're definitely looking for something like that go check uh check them out and they're definitely willing to ship if uh if you want that done um you get them on facebook and they'll work something out with you or through email um yeah guys with that said uh thank you so much for joining uh the show and listening uh i appreciate you guys listening in every week and this is the small council radio and it is dismissed <laughs>